This is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. Well, welcome back to another episode of Corporate Cafecito. I am Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. And today we have Juan Ortiz. And so it's really cool um, how the world is small and interconnected. And so I met Juan because he has someone on his team who is my aunt's comadre. And he and I were connecting and talking about, let's have a cafecito. And we end up living less than a mile away from each other. So, um, you know, Dios los hace y ellos se juntan. And we were able to meet for coffee. And then I was like, you know what? We need to have you on the show because... What he speaks about is very much about like wealth management, and that's something that our community definitely needs to hear and expand that. So before I steal all your thunder, Juan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you again for, for having me. And um, so background a little bit. Um, born and raised in Chicago, uh, far south side of Chicago. Uh, both parents uh, Mexicanos, um, father from Zacatecas, mother from Jalisco. I went to school here in Chicago, Chicagoland area. I did a boarding school in Wisconsin for high school, U of I Champaign for undergrad, and did my MBA here at National Lewis. And then uh, career-wise, I've been in the banking area for 20 years, going to be 20 years. Um, did some entrepreneurial stuff early in my career, but I, you know, my, my wife kept telling me, like, she's like, you're not an entrepreneur. <laughs> you, you, do well, you do well in this other setting. You could put up with a lot of this other stuff. So um, today I work for Northern Trust. Uh, I'm a managing director for one of our wealth management groups and um, been there for going to be eight years. What does that mean, wealth management? It's very broad, I would say, um, <laughs> but... Um, the short version would be just understanding how to how to manage your money, how to plan um, for your um, call it retirement, plan for uh, events, uh, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a quinceañera, whether it's uh, you know a job change, um, any, anything that's planning and um, investment related. It's very cool. I think uh, I think a lot of it is. Uh, you know, we're not aware of like when to use a bank or how all the services are. I know, you know, even myself, I'm not very familiar with everything that, that you could do, but maybe talk to us a little bit about what's your favorite part of what you do. And also as a second part, like how do you engage our community or how do you want to see our community engaged? I like working with people. I think um, de- development of people is, I think, one of the most, um, call it a passion. Um, I, I know early on in my career, I didn't have Latinos or a lot of Latinos that were able to do that. I, I could count on less than you know, like maybe a couple fingers of, <laughs> of individuals that helped me do that. So um, I like working with individuals, not just Latinos, all, all of the above, but mm-hmm. um Developing, coaching, um, making sure uh, individuals have a certain lens on, on their approach and, and why they're doing things and how to you know talk to people in general. I think that's that's something that I I, I really enjoy doing it. Um, second part of the question, you have to rephrase that. How do you want to see like our community engage more? Or you know, I I know we were talking about uh, like. You have a chief digital officer who's Latino, right? How do you how do you want to see our, our the Latin community represented? 
It's going to take time, and, and it has taken time, and, and I think we're, we're getting better, but um, it's not something that we're going to be able to flip the switch on because we don't have that representation today um, as much as um, others do. So um, I think it has to start from the youth. Uh, honestly, I think uh, getting in front of more individuals um, at, the, well, at the middle school level, the high school level, um, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right. And so um, just I didn't know half of the things that I knew, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. Um, and so trying to take that information and getting individuals to learn that earlier on in their career yeah. or in their, you know, where, wherever their, it is they're yeah. going in, their com- in the community. Sure. You said you've been in it for almost 20 years. You've probably had a lot of different roles. What has been like your most, your favorite professional moment or position? And I would I have to say there's, there, there are a few because there's like the snippets of things that I really, really enjoyed at different stages of my career track. Um, I was uh, at one point a, a lender. I did small business banking um, at a previous bank and working with truly small businesses and helping them, you know, utilize capital, how to use the capital, um, how to, you know, leverage a line of credit, making sure that they had enough to, you know, get inventory and, and just make sure that they utilized it. I think that that was a stage that I that I really enjoyed. Um, today, um, it's a different stage because it's not on the lending side. We're literally planning for people's, how people are going to live, right? And right what type of lifestyles are going to be able to live. Um, so it's a different lens. I really I enjoy it in a different way now, um, but I would say those, those would be two, two things that I, I really enjoy. When you stick with a career for the long term, you're also going to have a lot of failures. I hate talking about failures because I, I believe like you could trip, right? But, um, but you keep going. Uh, but I also think it's it's important to acknowledge that it's not always a linear or a smooth road too, right? So not getting stuck in your failures, but also acknowledging that, you know what, this was not a bright spot or I could have done better or it could have been different. What are some moments that stick out to you? I think you're right. The, the term failure, I, I mean, I talk about it with my wife and kids. I, I, I like them to fail now more. Yeah, yeah. Than, um, because... If they never fail, if they're always winning, call it, how are, they gonna, gonna learn. how are they going to react to mm-hmm. it when it comes to the real world? Um, I'd say it started early. Um, I'd say right out of school. I, I didn't have a job coming out of school. I interviewed at, can't name how many rejection letters <laughs> I, I received when, when I was just trying to figure out. I didn't even know how to interview, right? You're going and you have your, your little notebook and you, know, you, yeah. you buy the first cheap suit you can get yep. just to just to look the part and had zero job offers and one of those things like okay I graduated I have my degree <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. going to stay in the basement uh, like what what is it that I'm going to do and um, one of the companies that I interviewed for that I didn't get the job for um, I saw an email that they had an open house for a completely different position um, it was close to my house uh, it was down south uh, it was called Pullman Bank doesn't exist anymore but um, I was like, ah, what do I have to lose? Right. And so, uh, you know, it could have been one of those things like, oh, no, I got this finance degree and going, went in a different direction. But it kind of stuck with it. And I think I actually went into that interview just being myself more yeah. so than trying to impress the person on the other side of the table. 
And uh, within a couple of hours, I interviewed with uh, three or four people. Later that afternoon, I got a call at home, you know, saying, hey, you have an offer. You're like, thank God. Thank God. But, I, but, but you know what? I, put, I said, I was like, let me think about it. I'm going to call you back. Knowing I had nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I was taking his it. cards no right, huh? Yeah. So, but yeah, I would say that would, that was one where it was a little scary for, for a little while. When we were talking and you said about like failing and you want your kids to fail like now, I think that's so important. I always talk about like the first time like I got laid off. And I'm like, thank God it happened when I was like in my like mid twenties because it broke my heart. Like I was like, how could they not want me? I'm a good employee and like I do great work. Like all these all these things and all these doubts filled, filled my head. And then I found another job. And I see right now like a lot of people who are getting laid off who've never been laid off before or, or fired. And I I think we're gonna have uh like. If it's the like the sooner it happens to you and you see that you could survive it, the more survivable it'll be the next time it happens. Um, have you ever been fired? I have not been fired, but laid off, downsized. I worked at McDonald's <laughs> in high school, <laughs> and I'll say it didn't last more than a couple of days. <laughs> leave it at, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, but I think those are those are really important lessons. Like when you're growing up, to to do something and have it not go well. Yeah. Um, how do you role model that for your children? Of like, how do you how do you teach them like that it's okay to fail? I think they they just have to go through it, right? I mean, we my wife and I we we reinforce it, but not until they're actually going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my my oldest, I think, went through a a big experience last year she she did travel so they both do travel softball and um she was one of the better pitchers on the team the whole season and then just hit a slump at the end and we went to nationals in michigan and, and she didn't play she didn't play in the final games and that i must I mean, have been devastating oh i mean as a parent and i know for her but she you know she kind of was kept her composure and was you know cheering in the dugout etc and then we thought she was done. We were like, this is it. She's done. And I was like, you, you know, it's okay if you, you don't have to play travel. We can, we can <laughs> just do the house. We can just do. Um, but she's been working the whole winter, um, you know, putting in a lot of extra work. And we'll see how this season turns out. But at least the, the effort has been there more so than I've seen in the past. So we'll see. But it was a, it was a good failure, right? It's, she's, she's in eighth grade. She'll transition to high school next year. Yeah. But it was something that I'm – in the moment, it was bad. It was it was not a good feeling, but it was. I'm glad she, that it, she went through it. That's really good. I think we tend as parents to try to stop our children from feeling those things. Yeah, you want to protect them, right? Because we were there. But to your point, they have to go through it, right, in order to to uh, experience as the best teacher and how. And we're there just to navigate and coach them. And you want them to win. Like I, every time, and it's, see, it's really funny. I, maybe I get my kids too used to it. My kids' soccer teams never win. And we won one game. And I remember it was the last game of the season. And the parents around me were like, I can't believe we lost to them. Like, and I was just like, quick, we can't believe it either, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just very interesting because I, like when, like when they win, then it feels so much more intense it feels so much more rewarding what has been like your favorite career move or your favorite win 
Let's say I was um, my my previous employer. Um, I was doing well with the organization. Um, good or, good organization. They're a lo- local bank here in in Chicago. And at the time, my my wife was a entrepreneur. She took a step back in career track with our daughters when they were young. So she was working part time, and then she started her own small business. But I could tell it was just too much. It was taking a toll. I mean, you're wearing every hat, right? It's you know, yes. you, you see the commercial with the easy button. It's not easy. <laughs> and I knew she wanted to go back into um, kind of corporate career track. And as I was progressing, I I had a really good track, and it was one of those things where I could keep going and I can keep progressing, but at what cost? Yeah, and so um, it was one of those things where the timing of everything sort of um, worked its way out, and I transitioned into the company I'm with today at Northern Trust. Um, shortly after, um, she was able to sell her business um, and transition. She works at Walgreens Corp, and I think it was a good balance because I was able to spend more time with the family, being a part of raising the girls, which is really important. It was one of those things where was, yeah. you're never going to get the years back. Right. And so that, to me, that was a, a big win, both personally, for my family, career-wise. And, and today, I think, uh, I think I'm in a pretty good place now again. So. <laughs> I was always worried about that when my kids were little, that I wouldn't have like enough of those moments. Um, and... Now, when I coach people, a lot of times I say, like, when you're when you have young children or you're raising someone, like, take a job you can do, but one that allows you to have that personal freedom or one that allows you to have flexibility. And I'm like, you know what? Later on, once my kids are in college, like, I don't know how fast I'll be able to run them, but then I'll put like extra gas in. And but I'm like, you know, right now it's also like, and it's that balance. I remember I had a, a job offer. I met my husband in Austin, Texas, and I told him like three or six months into us dating, I was like, I'm going to move back home and home is Chicago. So if you're, if you're in great, but if not, you know, like, let's just not make this more. And he was like, no, I'll move to Chicago. And we moved here and we had been here for like nine years and I got a job offer for Austin, Texas. And I, I had told him and he was like excited about it and uh, and then right before I was going to fly down there, um, he was like, you know what? I want to sit this one out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to move. I like it here now. And I think that, you know, when you're in, in a marriage, you do need to take both people into account because it's so it's so important to have that balance and, and to know like, hey, you know what? Now's my time. And it was a great position. And um, But I also think that, you had I had to prioritize my family, and if my husband didn't want to move at that time, like there was a reason, and you know, other things happened. I ended up. It was funny because I was going for a position over there, and the person who was there were two of us left um, for that. He ended up going to another company, and then I went with him. So they got neither of us, which was <laughs> <laughs> an interesting result. But um, I think it's really important to prioritize your family or the personal life and a lot with our parents and Juan, I'd like to hear about your parents, but like my parents, it was like work, 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 work. And my dad would come home late and work overtime. And I think this is something that's new for our generation. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And, and, and I didn't 
preface it, but she did it for me, right? So she mm-hmm. took a step back early in her career for me to be able to navigate and do that. So I felt it was appropriate to try to reciprocate, even if it was just a little bit to get, get back into it. But um, yeah, parents, um, actually, they, you know, we were just at a softball tournament. They were both at my daughter's game today and they're retired. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was work, work, work. My mom was um, for a period of time, stay at home mom. My dad worked two jobs as long as I could remember, um, and then fixed cars, did electrical work on the weekends. So it was nonstop, which is why I didn't want to become a mechanic, an electrician, any of the above, because <laughs> like, no. it was getting this tool, and I'm like, I got the wrong one, and it was like, oh. So, <laughs> He's like, tu no sabes. Yeah, and, like, me. and it's like, no. Yeah, it, it didn't work. that didn't work. I wish I, w- I would have learned more in hindsight, but, you know, things worked themselves out for a reason. Gracias por tomarte tu cafecito con nosotros. If you're enjoying this, please leave a review wherever you listen. Share and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and also at corpcafecito.com. Let us know what you'd like to hear or if you'd like to be part of our show. What advice would you give the Juan that showed up at Pullman Bank? I would say network more, get out of your comfort zone. Um, I went I went to U of I um, in Champaign-Urbana, and naturally you go to what you're comfortable with, right? You go to La Casa Cultural Latina, you go to the Latino organizations, you go meet with the, the few Latinos that are down on campus, mm-hmm. and that's who you end up being roommates with, you end up getting an apartment with which is great, don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Still, I have really good friends from that time. Um, I met my wife there. But get out of your comfort zone. Don't yeah. just do the things you're comfortable with. You know, Go look at the organizations that are national organizations. Go look at organizations that have um, corporate companies that are there providing internships and um, things that will help you just let people know who you are and, and, and show your, your value. And otherwise you kind of get bottlenecked. So that, that's a big one. I love that. I, we talk a lot about networking here and how you have to network with people who don't look like you or who don't have the same background. And, you know, we had, um, we've had guests on that talk about like DEI and we are like, well, diversity is also diversity of thought or of experiences. Um, what are some of the networking events that you go to or start with that and then tell, give us networking tips. It's it's shifted a lot. Um, pre-pandemic it was very different than now. It, it's just for me. I feel like it's just starting again. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's, it's smaller events still. Um, I used to be part of different chambers. I was on a few chamber boards, so I would do a lot of, a lot more in the past. A lot more local um, type of events. But um, considering the types of clients we work with, I think more events are more strategic now. Mm-hmm. Um, we host certain events, like we had uh, a, a guest event for March Madness, and it was really bringing clients into the bank. And in a non-salesy environment, it was an environment where they could actually enjoy the day, brought in prospects, and mm-hmm. we're talking to get to know the individuals, right? Because you go to networking events and it's like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, like I'm just small talking with 
somebody I don't really want to talk to or don't really want to get to know. I go to or, a lot of them for the food. <laughs> like who's going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the the food could be good, but I think you have to be more strategic. I, I think you you look at the lineup, who's going to be there. Yeah. Um, especially when you're coming out of pocket for some of the events, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that um, if you want to meet somebody, go early. Get get to the event early. Usually, the speakers are there early, and then afterwards, it's like a career fair, right? There's yeah. 20 people lined up trying to trying to speak to the person that you want to speak tip. to. Great tip. You're right, because all the speakers do show up early. Yeah. And connect with them early, and that that may, that may be your only chance to get in front of them for two minutes. Yeah. And how about someone who's trying to approach you? What would you want them to do at a networking event? Be themselves. Keep it real. Um, I I I I'm fortunate now in the role that I'm in. Even internally, there are um, we have business resource councils, mm-hmm. and I've I've been a part for most of the years that I've been there, and I led the resource council up until. Two years ago, when my my term expired, but now, now I'm getting more um, y- younger um, Latinos, Latinas, or even non non Latinos reaching out to me and just saying, "Hey, can I get a cup of coffee with you?" And it's it's like I feel like I can pay it forward now. Yeah, but yeah. Be be genuine, be yourself, um, and and do a little bit of homework too. Don't, yes. Don't come to the, <laughs> yes. to the coffee and, and then asking, "What do you do?" Yeah. Well, you don't. You shouldn't. Yeah. You should. You should there's know. LinkedIn, yeah. Facebook. Like, look me up. Yeah. yeah. And so that way you can ask better questions, and you know, maybe it's you know, if you're interested in joining our group, maybe it could be a fit, or maybe I can introduce you to someone so I can get to know what what your interests are, what your background is, even if you're just out of college. So. I lo- I love that advice. I think a lot of times we. Uh, like especially at networking events, you're right. People show up and they're like, "What do you do?" Or like, "What?" Is-? And it's like, oh, just, just spend like five minutes looking up everybody who's going to be there, especially the speakers, and show up early. I also, you know, I always still tell people like, dress for how you want to be perceived or received, um, especially at, at networking events. But knowing that it could be more casual, so you know, wear wear your best, and then you know, just show up and be be genuine. I think that's. That's a key, especially with, you know, with Latinos. And I also believe, you know, when you are amongst Latinos, like it's our also our responsibility to push the next generation forward. And, and follow up, follow up. Don't, yes. be, don't be discouraged yes. when someone doesn't respond the first time. Follow back up, send the follow-up email, call. Don't hide behind the text or uh, right. an email. Pick up the phone. You'll be surprised if somebody's going to pick up the phone, especially now. Instead of 30,000 emails, you have backloaded, so. Yeah. I always pay. I love talking on the phone. <laughs> it's a lost art. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, perfect. Juan, I think this is really good advice in terms of how to, like, network and how to 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 build a career. I, I love your coming out of college story and that you had no job offers, but you still you still played played hard to get. <laughs> I'll call you later. <laughs> but that's a sign of confidence, right? Of of saying like, okay, I've got this, but you know, I'm also gonna gonna think about it. And I encourage people to do that. Um, you know, we had a whole episode on on negotiations, and you know, only forty percent of people will negotiate a job offer, or will tell them to like give them a little bit to think about it. So I think inserting that pause is really key to negotiating that first first step into a company. Absolutely. I'm so glad you came. Thank, well, thank you. I'm so thank, glad we had our cafecito. Yeah, no, this, is, this is great. <laughs> thank, thank you for having me. This is uh this is nice. 
Perfect. Well, we hope to see you again soon. I am Nayeli Suarez Guest. And I am Mario Rodriguez. Hasta la próxima. Corporate Cafecito was produced in beautiful downtown Oak Park at Boulevard Studio. Audio engineer and editor is Mike Mitchell. We're available on every podcast platform.